Hey, this is Annie from the Coronas, and you're listening to the Dan Kyo Wellness Project Podcast. Hello, listeners. Welcome to episode 40 of the Damn Kill Wellness Project It's my 40th episode. I am so unbelievably happy about this. Um, I want to say thanks to everybody who has feedback, fed back even to me over the past two or three weeks. There's a real wellspring of motivation going on in my life, and that is reflecting into my podcast recording. Um, So yeah, thank you so much for coming back and letting me know that's something that we spoke about prior to this episode um, has helped you in your life in some way, shape or form, because that's kind of the whole point. So today on the podcast, I have somebody who has afforded me one of the greatest experiences of my life recently. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I recently did a play in the Mo Theatre in Ace called Pullman Car Hiawatha, and it was my mom's first time on a stage, um, and she was afforded this opportunity by my current guest, who I, I better introduce you. I'm just walking. <laughs> Rachel Lally. Rachel Lally, thank you so much for coming on to the Danke You're so Wellness welcome. Project I'm podcast. delighted to be here. I put out a call a couple of weeks ago for guests, for people who have their own ideas on wellness, and for people who are into having a chat with a guy in Salons about this type of stuff. And you were the first person to come back to me. Oh, really? Was I the first? Yeah. yeah so enthusiastic. So my first question to you is obviously why? Why did you come back to me when I put that call out? What was it that piqued your interest? Because I think it's such um it's such an interesting idea. Like I have been well, okay. I first of all, I think I'm really passionate about how the arts can uh, be an instrument towards uh, mm. well being and uh, you know developing a, f- a person and yeah. you know the fullness of a person and getting people to realise their potential or at least kind of steering them in the right direction. It's not for everybody, but I think for a lot of people, it can have... Well, feeling happy is for everybody. Yeah, feeling happy is for <laughs> you everybody. You mean the arts is well, like, for some everybody. Some people are, are not into the arts and they prefer to do other things, and that's fine. And like for other, for, for other people, it's sports or it's music or it's, yeah. you know, and the idea of taking part in a play is like, oh my God, I'd rather shoot myself. So yeah, it's not yeah, for... Yeah everybody but for me it's been um just a massive part of my life and I was also like I've also been part of a lot of programs for you know youth youth clubs and different um you know schools as well um you know using drama to promote um mental health and mental well-being and that kind of stuff well that was the most comprehensive answer I've ever gotten to a question like that so that's perfect and I kind of was hoping that you would reach out to me when I put that out um I don't think we knew each other quite well enough for me to actually seek you out I had planned on doing it after the show finished so when you did okay contact me I was kind of yes Yay, Happy days. Don't have to have that awkward conversation. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So mm-hmm. come here. Take me back to when you found drama. Whoa. Like, can you describe how, like, what that process was like? Like, were you were you a child? Were you a teenager? Were you a young adult? I was a child. I was always kind of drawn to. Like, I remember 
Um, and I was just directing Pullman Car High Watt. I had this memory of being younger in the house in Tala and I lived on this estate and there was like loads of kids and we used to all play together and I decided I was going to write a play and everybody on the street was going to be in the play. Yes. And so I wrote part for everyone and then I went out and was like, okay, I'm going to do this play and you've all got... And people didn't want to do it. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like devastated. Perfect. And my father was like, you can't just do that. Like, no, not everybody's going to want to do your project. <laughs> you was that good assume. learning for adult life? Um, I think, yeah, of course. But um, yeah, so I don't know what it is that, that drew me to mm. performing or acting or making shows or whatever it was. Maybe it's the thing of being someone else or being a different character. Or Well, you mentioned that you were on the road in Tala, yeah. a place we all love and know. <laughs> yes, um, in your territory. <laughs> yeah, but you mentioned the word play. And, yeah. And I feel that when I am on the stage and I am on, you know, performing or doing a podcast or doing anything like this, that I am in touch with that kid in me yes in terms of creating something out of nothing creating Mm -hmm. something that will bolster my mood or will help me connect with others quite easily um so i come i'm really interested in that idea of you not knowing where it came from but you were a kid you were playing so yeah and that's something it's unusual like you know what age that happens like i think i played for a lot longer than maybe a lot of like i was still playing games and i still had secret dolls and stuff when i was 10 or 11 when all of my other friends had like well abandoned that and what what had they moved on to oh they moved on to boys boy bands bands, or I don't really know like what they did with their time yeah when they were on their own at home but you had your secret dolls (laughs) I was still playing playing I was still playing um so I don't know what that says about me I'm sure somebody out there could well has a theory for me who's listening it it Mm -hmm. kind of says that it kind of indicated that you were never going to stop possibly in one way shape or form yeah so it stayed with me I, I was always into playing and my imagination was always allowed and to, to have that idea <laughs> at, was it eight or nine years old so mm. I'm gonna write a play oh it was younger for every, oh younger younger wow. yeah now I must six, have been like maybe. six or seven yeah wow. and a little notebook and I just so you predicted your own future yeah you know so yeah. I still have to write a play though yeah <laughs> be yeah. on my agenda it's on, it's on, <laughs> so it's on your to-do list <laughs> yeah so then that carried on. That Did you get into drama and acting at a, in your teens then? Yeah, so I suppose a big turning point for me was, um, well, we moved from, from Tala to Kildare and um, I lived and still live out in Prosperous, which yeah. is quite an isolated rural little village. And I used to do, uh, when I lived back in Tala, there was lots of drama schools and state schools and loads of stuff to do. And yes. then I moved here and there was like nothing. There was nothing in Prosperous There wasn't there. anything, no. Yeah. Um, and it took, like, there was a couple of years where I wasn't doing any anything. And, like, I was young and probably, you know, it doesn't seem like a big deal. But I really was hungry for it. I kept writing, like, essays in school about being on the stage and wow. being doing plays and stuff. And my teacher was like, oh, my God, somebody has to bring this girl to a drama school. Give her an opportunity. So there was um, a, a lovely guy that maybe some of your listeners might know called Tom Madden, who oh, yeah. ran classes out in Allen. And so I went to him for a while. Um, I think a really big thing was when I was in secondary school. I think I knew it was something I wanted to to pursue and it okay. wasn't just 
Um, like a fleeting interest. Yeah, it was something I, yeah. I wanted to work in. And and Tom was great because he worked in, in Maynooth University, okay. um, as you might know, and was a pioneer of the drama therapy course yes. there and stuff like that. So he was always kind of saying, no, this is something you can do in college. This is something you can go on and study. This is something that, you know, you can take seriously when you, when you get older. Yeah. And kind of having someone who's, who's a kind of respected older man um, gave that a bit of gravitas that yeah. maybe my parents were less inclined to say like okay. no, go and do a science degree first yeah, and, um, yeah. but he, he so, seems to have so he saw that in you but he he understood it yeah I think he, he, he encouraged he probably it was like that himself when he was at your age yeah he wasn't afraid to say no this is important and it, mm. it deserves a place in the world and no you don't have to go and study science as a backup or to get a I guess the thing at the time was do a secretarial course um right. you know when I was in school um really? so yeah I know what? yeah you're not Absolutely. 70 Rachel's not 70 I'm not 70 I'm young but when I was in um when I was in school in Clane um that's what you, it was suggested that we go and do either science or or do a secretarial course if you were a girl and you were like no and I was like, uh -uh. Oh, I went to study drama, and they're like, we don't have any inf information about that, so you're on your own. Um, yeah. But I joined because our youth theatre, and right. when I was about fifteen. And was, and well, would you say that's when things really started gathering yes, momentum? That was fun, a fantastic experience for me, and working with Peter Hussey and Mary yeah. Duffin and yeah. Alison Holland's head and all the wonderful people there. Did you feel like um, I've arrived? I from the day I walked in the door and people came up to me, and these are young, you know, young people. My peers when I was fifteen. Yeah. and 16 coming up to me saying hi it's so nice to meet you and you're so welcome and, um which I just had never experienced from people my age that before um and I think that was so important just yeah. on a social level this but, is possible yes and like wow. having this kind of environment was amazing mm. and special and unique and uh, so immediately <laughs> before you've even started to um you know act or mm -hmm. write or direct or produce you've walked in at 15 and the atmosphere is different people are more open people are accepting and delighted to see you that has been my experience of drama since i was 15 as well great and it's been one of the biggest protective factors around my experience in terms of helping me my self-esteem mm. to raise helping my confidence to rise because i take your point in school and in i suppose day-to-day -day life especially at that age mm -hmm. you can get sucked in by people being unfriendly and not connecting with people yeah it changed it's amazing that you're saying mm -hmm. this because it changed for me when i joined uh cabin tv youth theater right. at the exact same age right. at 15 yeah it's amazing yeah, so I found like I found my group. But I think it's important to say as well that there are lots of people who who go into places um at that age and maybe don't have that experience and they can okay. have so it's it's not just it's not the fact that you walk into a youth theatre, it's the fact that it's a it's a really good youth theatre and it's run yeah. in a very good way by very well trained and professional people. Because yeah. I have been involved or like I've worked with and I've seen um other projects that have not run things that way and welcomed yeah. people as yeah. well as you were welcomed exactly so then when you started to i suppose you know act and do productions mm -hmm. and how did you find that that 
I mentioned um, self-esteem, confidence, all that kind of stuff. How how did that action help your self-esteem and confidence? Well, it it was massive because mm. um I when I when I joined first I was very um I was not very confident about my ability okay. as as an actor you know as as a person um I my parents had to drive me half an hour into Newbridge every time I went to a workshop and then either hang around because it was not often like worth kind of sticking around or like going home and coming back again so um so you know thanks to them for all those uh lifts and driving me all over the place um but it, it was massive because I I was so um, unsure of myself and I wasn't mm. confident I remember there were there were auditions for Romeo and Juliet right. and I was it was like the after I had joined maybe two or three weeks ago and I was like geez I'm not gonna go there I've seen these people in yeah. shows and they're amazing I can't and they go all for know that. I was like Romeo and Juliet no way can I like do Shakespeare <laughs> not a hope I'll just embarrass myself so I didn't go um, and that was fine. And then the next week, I was asked, "Why didn't you go?" Yeah, well, we were kind of hoping we'd see you there. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god, wow!" Yeah. So just something so that, that small. Alone. Just something that small that I was like, mm. "Wow!" Like they want me to be part of this, and yeah, um, and I was missed, and that kind of thing. That's, That's incredible. Yeah. So it wasn't mm. even getting a part. No, no, it, wasn't it was even somebody that. pulling you aside a week after a rehearsal yeah. saying. You should have gone for that, or, or you why should have been there. Go? Why didn't you go? Or so that was the turning point, it? was it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and for me, I think at that age it was more about the the social thing and being with peers. And yeah, I mean, I was just and still am a massive goth, and I always wear black and the eyeliner and you know the white makeup and all the rest. Yeah. So I guess I was really a very awkward teenager. Um, yeah. And academic but not like super academic and I just felt like I'd found my place and you found I your tribe comfortable there yeah wow that's amazing I find it strikes me because we haven't we haven't talked off air about what we were going to talk about yeah. here I just it, it's really interesting apart from the goth thing that, that was my experience <laughs> right when I joined as well so that's I would encourage anybody who's listening who has any inclination you know towards the arts or towards drama um Go to your local theatre group, get involved, backstage, on stage, sound, Forever. lighting, help out. You will not regret it. It's definitely one of the greatest decisions I've ever made in my life. So, okay, so you're 15. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do your life story. Okay, don't, worry. don't worry. I'm really interested. And when you agreed to come on here, I, I was so excited because I've seen what you created with this latest show mm-hmm. that was challenging. And that was <laughs> so rewarding. Interesting, yes, yeah. but also so rewarding at the end of the day. And I was texting you at the start of this process saying, I'm so frustrated, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. What was the difference, do you think? So, Because I'm used to getting a script, learning the lines, being told where to turn, yeah. a few nuances, and just basically getting on with things learn and learning the show and then right. performing it. So what was the difference here? Well, okay, from the beginning, I, well, um, I only joined the Moat, the Moat Club, like, what, 
couple of months ago, I did uh, Pride and Prejudice with them and yeah. uh, Last of the Red Hot Lovers. And then I was like, I'm going to direct something. And they yes. were like, okay, go for it. So all of a sudden I was like total newbie in the door. And then yeah. it was like, who the hell is this one? No, no, everybody was really nice and very encouraging. But I felt <laughs> like it was, I'd always wanted to direct something, I suppose. Okay. And um, I'd never really been... I never really felt like I had the space to do it or the resources So the to opportunity do it. presented? The opportunity presented itself. Mm. And um, I had heard that there was loads of people in plays and pandas and stuff. And then there maybe the next script that was chosen was all female or all men or all older men or whatever. And there was loads of people who had done a show maybe last year who hadn't had the opportunity to do anything since yes. then. Yeah. So I was like, fuck, I'm going to do a show that... That's completely anybody yeah. can be in completely inclusive. Yes. So the idea was that anybody, no matter what age or how much experience or no yeah. experience or whether they've acted or never acted before, <clears throat> could be in this show. So that was the starting point. That was your decision. That's what you uh, yeah. wanted to create. I knew that. And boy, was... did you create it! <laughs> I knew that's what I was going to do. <laughs> oh my god, you um, created that! I didn't worry about how that was going to work. I kind of had faith in myself that um that was going to work because i think when you make things inclusive and you say that that's the way it's going to be yeah and we, we've all got to deal with that reality and were you then, expecting um the levels of frustration at the start that some of us experienced with the process no but i guess i should have mm. um i, I kind of did and that's why when i started the play i had um, an audition that was not very typical i had an audition workshop yes and i gave people a taste of what it was going to be like now i think some people decided not to or maybe didn't realize when i said no this is what the rehearsals are going to be like yeah. i don't think they realised that that's actually what I meant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was yeah, like, yeah. so we had great fun in the audition workshop and I was like, look, if this is not for you and this is, you didn't enjoy today, yeah. this is how the show is going to be and this yeah. is how I'm going to direct it. Mm. And so if it's not for you, like, let me know now. Otherwise, uh, yeah. you have a part in the show uh, so, and you're very uh, welcome. Yeah. And that's how my mother got involved, <laughs> yeah, which is exactly. a beautiful thing. That turned out to be one that I'll talk about it a bit later on, but one of the most amazing experiences of my life. And I believe her life as well. And I know she's listening. So how, <laughs> how are you, Ma? <laughs> hey, um, hi, Mary. What was different, though? after the, So you have the rehearsal, or sorry, the audition that was a, a workshop. If you want to be involved get involved mm -hmm. if you don't it's not for you no problem mm -hmm. but this is what it's going to be like yeah what was the difference for this preparation for this play as opposed to a two-hander play or a three-hander play that has a strict script and a strict stage direction i, I think for me it would be the same but okay. um for maybe other directors maybe not okay um and that's just coming from my background and my experience and what i feel works and what yeah. brings people together and what creates an ensemble i'm really into the ensemble and people being together and in tune with each other on the stage yeah. and being able to react to each other and being able to deal with things that are unexpected or, a or frustrating of space, or whatever exciting, it is whatever just is in that the you share it the, the the players the actors yeah. share that together over a period of a couple of months maybe 10 weeks and then that comes across. It wasn't necessarily stage. encouraging frustration, but I, I, no, no, I understand a, a lot that, of frustration did occur. All of people. the dynamics, uh, I think, came together to create 
such a solid bond mm-hmm. between the actors that may not have been created if we just got together and read script for 10 weeks. Absolutely. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And I think as well, when people haven't been through that process before, it's very scary and yes. it's frightening and all the defences come up and I'm going to look stupid and why are you embarrassing me? And right. um, I haven't done anything like this since I was a child mm. and um, how dare you? Um, oh, okay. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe a little bit, maybe not to that uh, extreme, but I think, you know, people do get defensive because they're afraid that they might look silly yeah. or they might look childish. And you know what? It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. We were childish. It yeah. was beautiful. And it was great. And some really amazing things happened and some really funny things happened. And some yeah. of them stayed in the play. Some of them didn't work for this show. Yeah. They might work for something else yeah. again down the line, but um, it was definitely worth it exploring those yeah. avenues and stuff no it was an amazing experience mm-hmm. so I can speak from you know first hand experience and um, I had to my, my listeners know that I have to manage my mental health every day don't we all don't we all <laughs> that's the whole point of the podcast um, but I had to manage my own difficulties in relation to getting back on the stage because I wasn't feeling well in my personal okay. life mm-hmm. and I had been struggling just prior to signing up for the play but I said I'm doing this mm-hmm. I don't care what it takes I'm doing it. And I made that decision nearly in spite of how I was feeling. Okay, because I knew what I would be, I knew how I would be feeling after the fact. Mm-hmm. And it was honestly one of the greatest experiences of my life. That's so nice to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was. It was. So can you talk to me a bit about what do you think drama gives to people individually? Like what, what is it? What is that magic the magic dust that sprinkles on people that makes them confident and makes their self-esteem rise? I think that's a really difficult question. I think as well, we often kind of blanket drama with it. We, we kind of have a... So drama is the wrong term? I know. I just think that sometimes we say drama, but drama can mean <clears throat> lots of different experiences to lots of different people. And I think it can mm. be done badly as well as doing really well and I think sometimes you can so I'm not saying go to your local theatre and get involved in a show and it's going to be incredible because maybe it might not be depending on how it's managed or how it's directed or what they're I take your point but let's assume let's go by my experience let's go by yours because this is the Dan (laughs) Kelly Wellness Project podcast Right, so but I totally take your point. It's not going to be for everybody, and no. I would never say from this podcast platform that everybody should do everything I do or you do at all. But when it works, when it works, when it's what done well, do you think is the connection between drama and wellness? I think, well, primarily it's a collaborative effort, mm. you can't make drama alone. Well, I know a few people. In the vacuum. I know a few people that try. But even if you do, even if you lock yourself away and you come up with an incredible monologue, you still have to present it to an audience. Mm. So the very essence of drama dictates that there must be... A dyad. At least one other person. At least an audience somewhere. Hopefully way more. Um, I'm sure there's people that would argue with me on that and there's probably lots of theories that would dispute that yeah but again this is your perspective I I think um, yeah drama can't exist in a vacuum so Mm. if you're alone in your house 
it's like the tree in the forest, you know? Um, yeah, the tree If you're performing the forest, something yeah. and there's no one there to watch it, yeah. is it? Because that, that's actually what I drama. think as well. <laughs> I think that's that connection with others. But it's not your average walk down the street, say hello mm-hmm. to your neighbour, you know, um, say hello to your work colleague. It, there's something, there's a deeper level there. It's very me. social. Yeah. And I also think it's very primitive. This is what I'm trying to get at. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know the answer to this question. I mean, yeah. We're having this conversation <laughs> to try and tease it out a little mm-hmm. bit. But like I said, it's it, there's something underneath. And I think the word primal is right. Yeah, because, because I, you're, I mean, you're go using back. something that you wouldn't maybe use every day. Oh, I think and, we and, do use it every day. Okay, That's go on. Go on it's a shared experience. Everybody knows what it's like to, to perform or to act or to take off somebody or to imitate somebody or to reveal something or to put a mask on or a costume and so we're actors in our own life absolutely all the time we're all at like if you go back to augusto boal we're all actors you know we're everybody pl- is an we actor. could be playing numerous roles in, a, in yes. a, a single day we're all actors because we act in our lives oh, jesus i have to stop having these <laughs> podcast recordings where my mind is blown a little bit see now i'm just not going to be able to stop thinking about what role am I playing, what, what part and am I playing. And acting is not just about performing, it's about okay. doing things. We all do things. And we all do we all things, act. it's that simple. Yeah. It's to act, to do something. Oh, Rach. <laughs> God damn. God damn. Can you expand on that a little bit? We, were all, we are all able to affect a change by doing something. So when you go into a space, yes. why... By moving, by performing, by saying something, by moving the energy, by presenting an idea. Yeah. You are doing something. You're, you're changing something. You're doing something. You're doing something. <laughs> and and that has an effect on the surroundings, on the people who are there, on the space, on the energy in the room. Yeah. So you can go in feeling absolutely fucking crap i did and um make a sound or yes read a line yes and that has a kind of a knock-on effect like, on a, like a, a rippling happen. a rippling effect yeah. to the, those around you to the space to the energy in the room hmm. do you think everybody has that in them everybody's, Every, do, everybody's doing it all the time absolutely everybody can act or be an actor i I fundamentally believe that and that's one of the other reasons why I said anyone who wants to be in this play can be in the goddamn play because yeah it's not it's not some people believe you're you have to be born with the talent or like that doesn't happen yeah. you know it's um I had a really great art teacher once who uh who said uh, people come to me and they say like oh well sure I can't draw a straight line and they're like you use a ruler nice <laughs> Everyone can do it. Anyone can learn. Like if they don't learn one way, they can learn another way. So it's for everyone. I love that. I love the inclusivity Mm. of that. Um, And I really, really loved that. uh, Sorry, you saying that in the in the first rehearsal. Mm -hmm. If you know anyone else that wants to be involved, oh yeah, send me a text. (laughs) There's a million parts. Get them involved. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't think it was about that. I don't think it was about the fact that there was a million parts. I think that you just are so open. Yeah. And yeah. so learned and mm-hmm. knowledgeable about this kind of stuff that 
you, I think you knew what was going to happen at the end of this. I think maybe I not knew to the extent what but... I hoped was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I think I had faith that if I set up the right environment, that 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 would happen. But I had no guarantee that it would. And there is the risk that you take. You always take a risk. Whatever you do. When you're doing something every day. you're doing anything. Oh God, we're simplifying (laughs) this down to everybody's life tasks one minute at a time. Everything's a risk, you know. It can always fail. But like failing, is that's another thing about drama. You try something out. You have rehearsals. Yeah. And rehearsal is a, it's a rehearsal to action. You can rehearse to perform. You can rehearse. You could do a role play to rehearse something that's going to happen in real life, you yeah. know? It's a preparation. Now, Rachel, I wish you would stop uh, preempting my questions. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> but that's what I was going to ask you about next, mm-hmm. and that is that idea. Because I know, I know loads of my friends, loads of my listeners are thinking, I could never do that. And I know why they're thinking that, mm-hmm. because their next thought is probably, I'd be shit at it. Like, I'd fail at this. God. So I love that you just said, you can't fail. You you, you can't, well, you can fail, but like, so what? No, you, but that's it's, it's, what rehearsal's but, about. Exactly, but it's not a failure. It's never a failure, because you always, you learn that, okay, that's maybe, I mean, how many things did we try in rehearsals that we kind of said, oh, you know, that's amazing, but you know, it just doesn't fit here, or yeah. maybe that movement needs to be smaller, or yeah. that gesture needs to be lighter have a different quality yeah. or that word try it as a whisper no the whisper doesn't work let's try it later what if you're shouting it yeah. okay what if you've had a crap day and yeah. you've come in now you're having the conversation with the person what if you've yeah. had a good day how does that change it yeah you just have to try everything out and see what works yeah and we did that mm. with the plum <laughs> think yes. and created something beautiful <laughs> wow so Everybody's everyone's an actor. Everybody can act. Everybody is an actor. Firstly, in and their then lives. Everybody who wants who's like listening to this, who's listening to this, and, and anybody who wants to. to act in a more formal way on the stage or draw or whatever it is, create create something. Everybody it's can possible. do it. Everybody can learn. There's nothing outside of the realm of of learning anything. This is the good stuff. Mm. This is good stuff. If you want to do it. Okay, you got to put some time in, as you know. Yeah, I mean, nobody's saying yeah. that you don't have to put time or effort in. Yeah, yeah, but you it's definitely so worth it. have to do that. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not, not for you know, everyone can do it. Everyone has potential. Talk to me about your work with um, you're working with children at the yes. moment mainly, are you? Yes, children Tell me a bit and about young that. people. Um, well, I I worked with children for a long time. Um, I guess when I started with. Kildare Youth Theatre they had a lovely program for uh, it was like a facilitator training program so I jumped on board with that Mm. and I've kind of been doing stuff like that ever since so I work for a few stage schools and what do you actually um, do with the children you work with what would be an average workshop it, it depends um so I guess in my own classes it would be very much a similar ethos to how I ran rehearsals with you guys um okay. everybody's welcome um yeah. regardless of ability or disability or yeah um or anything I believe yeah. that everybody has a total inclusion to total inclusion total inclusion and um that definitely rubs off on children and they take that fully on board mm. and they help each other and 
uh, the children I teach are incredibly giving and wonderful and and lovely to but work with. But because you create that environment, yes, would you, you agree with that? that up. You have to set that up. It's like a, it has really to come important. from the mm -hmm. top. Yeah, if, like if you have a, a drama class where you say, look, only the best people are going to get the, the big parts and ugh. everyone else can be in the background and stuff. And there's plenty of places that do do that. But that's um, an entirely different thing to what you've, yeah, you've created. Yeah, and likewise, um, maybe sometimes everybody is the, gets the same. It, that doesn't necessarily work either. Yeah. So what I, what I do is very led by the children that are in the class. And so we they have a lot of input in the decisions that okay. are made, <laughs> which I think... Um, when I work for other people that terrifies them and they're like, no, you can't ask the children what they want. They're only children and they can't decide. They're or, bona fide. Um, yeah, but I, you know, I, absolutely. And it can't oh be scary God. because you don't know what will happen, but it's more than always. So tell me what, what happens. Um, well, it could be like, okay, what, um, so I, I, we, we teach them, um, basic drama skills, how to work together, teamwork, yeah. Um, how to use their voice, yes. basic normal drama games and yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, working with words or how to use words and the different ways of saying the same thing or yeah. um, how it can be interpreted. Uh, we spend a lot of time with, especially with young actors, teaching them how to be clear because the, um, when you're young, you're not so aware of the audience and yes. if they're watching something. And they're confused and they don't know what that means and it, it's all a bit interpretive. It throws it all off and, for the um, audience. Oh, that was great, but I have no fucking idea what they were at. <laughs> yeah. um, that's no good because the audience no. are important as well. And yeah. I guess that's another um, aspect of where I come from is that the audience, you have to respect them. Your yeah. audience are intelligent and they're smart and they can um, make decisions and they you have to respect that. But only that. with good information. So you can't spoon feed them, yeah. but you can't expect them to look at a, you know, like somebody floating around in on the stage and expect yeah. them to build the whole world around yes. it, you know? And that's why we did do a lot of work on speaking clearly in our show as well, yeah, yeah. similar to what you were saying that you do with the kids. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, the audience, you can make an audience work and they, and they want to a lot of the time, but if you're going to, um, put something really vague on a stage and expect them to figure it out when you're not really sure yourself. Yeah. That's never going to work. That's, that never works. <laughs> <It's awful to laughs> yeah. Horrible experience for everybody involved. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe some of the audiences when they were coming to Pullman Car High Watha, that's what they expected. Okay. Because they'd heard it was a bit out there. And it was, so we had people come up to me before the show saying, oh, but I'm not really good at like figuring out things or yeah. um, uh, if something's like uh, interpreted So you stuff. were getting pre-back? I pre was getting pre-feedback because what? people had a fear of what it was going to be or what it was going to expect of them yes. as an audience. And then afterwards it was like, oh my God, that's not what I expected at all. And it was so, even though it was really crazy and the story, the story was not very linear or yes. well, it kind of was linear but it yeah. was unconventional yeah. that um they were like no it was clear and I knew what was happening and that's not what I expected yeah. and I'm relieved about that <laughs> <laughs> so you're now officially a director yeah which is cool congratulations so, thank you that's awesome how um, does it feel like what how do, how is it I want to know how this has impacted you as a person it's, who has so much experience in this area and who at a late stage I would argue 
ventured into directing. Yeah, it's given me a kick up the butt because I, I knew I, I probably in the back of my head knew I could do it, but I had, I stopped myself or I let other things Why? stop me. Um, there was probably a, a ton of reasons. Um, didn't have the faith in myself. I didn't have re- like physical resources. resources like yeah. rehearsal space is expensive. I just sure. didn't have the the money to to put into rehearsing something. I tried before, yeah. and you just run out of money really fast. And I'll okay, I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna turn the screw a little bit. Yeah, here. Mm-hmm. you didn't have faith in yourself. Didn't have Why? faith in myself. Um, because I'd never done it before. I think I need wanted someone to hold my hand and set and ease me into it. Or, um. Now I directed stuff with teenagers and children, and sure. that is much, much more difficult. Really, you know that now. I know that now. <laughs> but I think the fear was, I think maybe the fear was going into a room full of people who were like, "This is stupid," and this play is so fear, awful. fear of being judged and fear, fear of failure. Fear of failure. Fear, 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 you failed so what? You did a crap play. Okay, get over it. And you didn't. Do the next one. But it was a crap play. No, amazing. it was great. <laughs> it was incredible. I spoke to somebody recently. Um, it was actually Hazel Hogan. She was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And she spoke about... She's a really accomplished poet mm-hmm. and writer. And like this, when I say this girl blows me away, like it's, it's unbelievable. I've never heard her say one of her poems without crying <laughs> i think that's a compliment to Absolutely. a poet sorry yeah. hazel if it's not <laughs> but she spoke on the podcast a couple of weeks ago on episode 38 about doing things that scare the absolute shit out of her mm. and she went through a difficult time i think two or three years ago and that was the thing she decided to do to get herself out of difficulty isn't that just amazing yeah she decided to do 12 things over the course of a year mm-hmm. She didn't tell anybody about them. She, this is what she did for herself to get herself out of that fearful kind of headspace that she knew, she knew, mm-hmm. she spoke about it on the podcast. She knew it was holding her back. Yeah. And I just think that t- to address that fear that you discussed earlier, um, there really is nothing else to do except do the thing that scares the shit out of you. You have to do the thing. <laughs> Would you say you it scared the shit out of you before you did it, or was it kind of scary, or was it? I think it. I think it was a really understanding and wonderful environment to do it in. Okay. Um, and I might not have done it otherwise. So I, I made it easy on myself. I had yeah. everything in place that I needed. Yeah. I had support. I had people to fall back on. Okay. Um, I knew I'd people to turn to if I was going. I don't think I can do this. Yeah. And to please reassure me. I knew that there were people there. Your sca- your scaffolding is strong. Yeah, mm. and and that was important. And yeah. now I feel like I'm strong enough myself after having that and having that experience. Now, in the end, I didn't need any of those things, but just to know that they were there. Yes. Was all that I needed. Well, that's bloody amazing, isn't it? It's like a so, child learning so to not, walk, and you yeah. are kind of standing yeah. by, just waiting for them. You know, waiting to catch them. Yeah. and they're gonna go anyway. And they and they might not need you. You might never need but to. They know you're grab there. them, but they know that you're there. Wow, that's beautiful. That yes. Hang on, I'm processing here, guys. <laughs> I'm processing. So many people who are listening, and myself, we have the scaffolding. You have it, Rach. Mm-hmm. 
but actually the most important thing is knowing that you have it. Yeah, even if As you're never going to, to use it. As opposed to, you might even reach out to your, yeah. your parents or your partner or your friends mm -hmm. or whoever. The power is actually in knowing that you have it. Yeah, exactly. So even if that's like a conversation that you have with someone, it's like, I'm not sure, I might need this from you. Mm. I probably won't. But do you mind if I come back to you if I'm having trouble or if I need a bit of advice or... Yeah. And just knowing that you have that... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it goes the other way as well. Be the person to offer that to, to somebody else. Well, you've got to stop uh, preempting what I'm going to say. <laughs> so you have to be that person yes, too. I agree. Um, it's a two-way street. And I, I have to talk about a woman who I think is incredible, right? A friend of my mother's who has had an amazing... Um, influence in my life she's an incredible woman so I'm gonna have to get her to listen to this now um and she is really good at saying how she feels okay which doesn't sound like a really big thing was actually massive so she would it's like, one of the most difficult skills be one of those people who would say um that was really good or I love you or um, I'm here I'm here for you or looking you dead like, in the eye yeah and just in a really nice um in a real nice way and just you know my house is there anytime you need to come in for a cup of tea I'm there yeah. and she has been a really wonderful uh person she's taught me so many lessons but that is one of the things and I try and to what, carry what that brought with her me. into your mind there when we were talking about because scaffolding and... I always I try to channel that sometimes That's when nice. I'm with people and I because it's sometimes you just don't remember to say I really appreciate that you were there today hmm. or I really um I'm really thankful yeah. that you came round for a cup of coffee yeah. Or um, yeah, Rachel's looking me dead in the eye. <laughs> She's looking me dead in the or, eyes right now. I'm about to fall off my seat. Giving somebody a card before they go and say, say thank you for yeah. being involved and thank you to the guy who did the lights, who you know didn't have to. Um, yeah. But thank you, Connor. <laughs> yeah, thanks, for Connor. Stepping in and saying, you know what, I'm going to look after that for you. Or you know, Doreen, he was backstage and said, look, I'm going to make, I'll look after this, this, and this. And then she ended up doing loads more. But she was like, I can commit to doing these things so that you can get on with doing other stuff. Um, and it's about yeah. saying thank you. And it's about being the person who will be there for them the next time. You know, and say, I'll I'll be here if God you need me to do something. Damn it. That's good stuff. Again, stop with the good stuff. It's all good Don't stuff. Don't ever stop. It's all good stuff over here. But, it, you know, it's interesting. And I made a joke there about, you know, Rachel's looking me in the eye and she's saying these things and I feel like I'm going to fall off my chair. <laughs> because no, but what I mean is I do try to make a point to do this. Mm -hmm. And I definitely don't do it as much as Nobody does I'd that like to. As I'd like to. But I'm definitely getting better at mm -hmm. it. And looking somebody in the eye, the way you did to me there and... You know, we and we had many moments over the course of working together where I said, "I'm so happy, I'm so glad mm -hmm. that we met. I'm so glad that we worked together. I'm so glad for your guidance. I'm so grateful for mm -hmm. all of that." Nobody loses there. 
No, no, no. But it, it can feel and so I, hard for I've, a lot of people and, to do you know, that. I felt good going, okay, you know, I wasn't sure how this was going. And like, I'm glad somebody has given me a little bit of, because you can ask for feedback and maybe not necessarily always get it. But when somebody sends you a message, like, I had a really great time today. Yeah. Or I don't know what the hell you're getting at. I don't know how this play is ever going to get made. But I enjoyed today. Yeah. You're like, okay, great. I've done something right. Sure. And it goes back to, is it your mom's friend? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so you said the words, she's really good at saying how she feels. Saying how she it's feels. not always positive. No. No. It she tends be. to. But life isn't always be. positive. <laughs> yeah, but I'm nice. sure she's very good at giving constructive criticism. When Absolutely. The, when I'm the, being very t- honest. Um, in a very compassionate way, um, yeah. or giving advice. I kind of see her as like an Indian chief who, like, she's. I see her as like this wise woman who yeah. just. I don't want to say dispenses advice because not like she's just giving it out, you know. No, but there's an authentic. Yeah, it's very authentic. Um, and you know, to, like you might get a message out of nowhere, just going thinking of you today. And that is the best ever. That's great. You're like great. That's it's so lovely. My day. That's lovely. Or, or just have have a lovely day thinking yeah. of you. I hope you're okay. So everyone on your podcast yeah. can get their phone out and text like three people that they haven't texted for a while and say, oh just God. thinking of you. That would mean the world to me. If when you guys are feeding back to me and Rach after this episode 40 of the Dan Kill Wellness Project <laughs> podcast, right now, pause the podcast. No, the, the wait, wait until I finish to tell you what to do. <laughs> Actually, after I tell you what to do now, pause the podcast, take your phone out. Make three phone calls or send three text messages to people that you may not have spoken to over the last week, month, year, and just tell them that you love them. Tell them that they do mean a lot to you. Um, I think that just that you're thinking of them because sometimes you yeah. feel like, oh, I can't text someone because I, I'm not free to meet them and I don't have time for a I coffee know. or and the minutia get in the way of I real. Don't, yeah, I don't want to chat on the phone for two hours. I don't feel like I'm able to chat on the phone for yeah. two hours. But you can send a message saying I'm thinking of you. Yeah. And that's that that's can really be simple. way more impactful than mm. the two hour conversation <laughs> yeah, that you didn't want to have. Exactly. <laughs> what a and the coffee that you're never gonna show up for. Yeah. Yeah. This is real stuff here. There you go. Now I know why you wanted to come onto the podcast. Yeah. Mm. So if you guys are listening again after pausing <laughs> and uh I'm texting or calling the people who you love in your life who you haven't spoken to in a while. Tell me how that was. What did it feel like? What did it bring to you? Like, will you tell someone else to do that as well because you had such a good experience with it? Pay it forward. Pay it forward. (laughs) Exactly. I'm thinking of you, Masters. Yeah. So come here, my mom. Yes. We have to talk about my mom a little bit. Oh, your mom's amazing. So my mom was sick for a while. Um, and I didn't know this by the way. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. And she is doing amazing now. But for me, her coming back from being sick was epitomized by her experience during this play. Wow. Um, and she had never acted before. I think that's deadly. I well, want I'm just to, gonna ask you when what? I'm her age, yeah. do stuff, keep like and keep doing things that are totally new that I've never done before. Like that's incredible. How inspiring is that? It's amazing. In her 60s, getting on stage in the maddest play of all time. It absolutely was the maddest play of In all a time. very challenging um, preparation phase of, of rehearsals. Physical very physical. Very physical, yeah, yeah exactly. But I, I'm, I'm interested from your perspective what it was like having an absolute novice in her 60s on the cast. It was great because there was um, 
there was a part that just suited her perfectly. As soon as that she, helped. As soon as she walked in there, I was like, well, that's the one that you should do. Um, and she just kind of went, that's okay. That's what I thought I'd be good at. Yeah. Um, and so she brought with her her experience and her age and her gravitas and her ideas and her insights like getting messages from her saying I just had this thought and I think, <laughs> How often I, did she and I, think I figured this out and I've just been thinking about this and just want to let you know and that was all wonderful amazing and beautiful um so she was thoroughly engaged yeah the whole way through and like I, okay I was very conscious as well like it was a very physical show and but I did say to people like you know you know yourself you know your body you know what you can do yeah take the limits of, you know, the what I've the instructions that I've given and then do what you can Exactly. With that. We'll work with this. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And that's very much kind of the way things were. Um but like her getting on stage and performing yeah. was fabulous. And lots of people came to see the show and said, I know there were people in that show who've never acted before. I don't know who they were. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay. That's so, amazing. So that's great. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. And I, I mentioned how inspiring or how inspired I was by my mom taking mm-hmm. that leap and really doing an amazing job with it. Incredible job. Um, but I really am interested in what you just said there about she wasn't just somebody who hadn't acted before. Mm-hmm. She brought so much this goes back to everybody is an actor right? yes this is <laughs> what i'm trying to get everybody to. belong everybody's story can be told the acting and the the you know the learning of the lines is such a small yeah. part of it's a performance it's so small it's what you're bringing to it as you from you as a person and my mom did that and people can overcome those things so if it's like i know at the beginning it was like there were cues that were being missed and yeah. were, you know that's all minutia that's all small stuff that's all stuff that gets sorted. And, you know, she went home one weekend and said, right, I'm going to fucking nail these bits. Yeah, and she did. And she came back and was like, I'm not going to let you down today. And she didn't. No. Flawless for yeah. that whole next rehearsal. Yeah, because yeah. now I have kind of a, a way different perspective mm-hmm. on performance after that little mm-hmm. exchange we've just had because I never really considered, like say for me as an actor, yeah, yeah. what I'm bringing to it in terms mm-hmm. of my own life experience, my own... Of course. My, the last few weeks, how I've yeah, been, yeah. and what you, how you can integrate that. Is that the biggest part of being an actor, do you think? Well, everybody brings stuff with them into, into the space. And to ignore that would be silly, I think. It's your biggest asset. Of course. Otherwise, you've just got an empty room and some bodies. Yeah. So. And my mom did that with the plum, basically. Yeah. And as she came in and, you know, she was having difficulty with one small area, which was some cues. Yeah. And she said, right, I, everybody's depending on me here. I'm going to go and nail this. And she did. Yeah. So. It was. It was just, it was an <laughs> amazing, like it was that. a hugely emotional um, experience for me, certainly. And I know that she got so much out of it herself. And I just think for anybody listening who has not you know they haven't got over their fear of getting involved in things or whatever it is that's holding you back just give it a try dip your toe in you too can have mm-hmm. an unbelievable experience yeah and it like goes it goes back to like if you're if you really want to do it there's nothing you can't 
learn how to do. Like your mom was like, I don't, I, I keep doing this wrong or I'm messing up this cue and I'm going to go and spend some time on this and yeah. I'm going to get it right. And yeah. she did, and I, I fully believe she paced the house and oh, yes. probably tormented yeah. everybody with the lines and whatever. But she did what she needed to do to get to get there, yeah. you know, yeah. where she needed to be. Yeah. And it wasn't me that was saying, now, you have to go on and learn these lines. And I never said that once. No, you didn't. No. You didn't need to. No. I'm very lucky to um, be surrounded by, well, we mentioned scaffolding earlier, and you mentioned yeah. your, mm-hmm. your support structure. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of my listeners and people who follow me, Danke Wellness Project on Instagram and Facebook will know that I blog a lot about my mom and my dad, my sister, my brother-in-law, who are my primary people in my life that I'm so inspired by. And I just wanted to note that really right now because it's um, there's a lot of people who don't have that. Yeah. Who don't have that support structure. Maybe a lot of people who are listening don't mm-hmm. have that thing that they can shout from the rooftops that they're so proud of and they wouldn't be where they are today mm-hmm. if they didn't have that. What I'm saying to you guys is reach out to me. Go seek that out in your community because it's there for you. It is 100% there for you. If you don't know how to go about that, send me a message, gmail.com and I'll try and signpost you there. Um and that's kind of what this whole podcast is all about is signposting people interviewing amazing people like yourself Rachel who you know are doing great work for people and your community's confidence do you do you see it that way the work that you do well that's lovely to hear I'd like to think that's that's what I'm doing so it's nice well it's happening it's so nice to hear that back yeah. it's happening so I, I would hope that that would you know I'm definitely inspired to do more and yeah. and hopefully get more even more people involved. So That's fantastic. Here's to like our next play with one hundred people on the cast. One hundred cast members. Be. Oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah. What's next for you? I've no idea. Who knows? Is that exciting or yeah, are you it's shitting? Very it? exciting. It's very exciting because um when I decided I was going to direct at O, yeah. I just ordered a ton of plays and was like right gonna be one of these probably and then you just found the one and then was like with the biggest cast ever yeah and i was told oh that's gonna be really difficult yeah you probably won't get that many people yeah and i did and and it was fantastic it was a great experience so so. it's a it's a a beautiful platform for which that you can go forward what a way to start so yeah (laughs) i have one last question for you go for it and I actually forgot to ask this question, (laughs) even though I spent the first 30 episodes asking people this so I could have a collection of what their answers are. Okay, okay. But Rachel Lally. Yes. You beautiful soul. What does wellness mean to you? Wellness. Wow. Um, I guess it is contentment. It's fulfillment. And reaching your potential. Short and simple. (laughs) Short and simple. I like it. I'd like to add to that. Okay. Connecting with others. Yeah, definitely. That's part of it. In a meaningful way. Yeah. The way your mom's friend does with her voice and her eye contact and her her authenticity. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that that is something that's very priceless. So I just like to add that because I was struck by that story. Yeah, yeah. So thanks a million for coming on. 
Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the coffee. You're welcome. Um, thanks so many for listening, guys. It's been another fantastic experience for me recording this podcast. My energy was at 40% before I started, and now it's back up to 90%. Episode 40! <laughs> it was at 40% for episode 40. It's back up to 90%. Please, please, please keep uh, feedback coming in my direction. Thank you, Wellness Project at gmail.com. You can message me on Facebook or you can send comments on Facebook and Instagram. Um, thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait to release the next episode already. There's a lot of amazing guests coming up. Um, including Sophia Cadigan. Yay! Mutual friend. Big fan, big fan. <laughs> Mutual friend of myself and Rachel. I have the musician Tyg who's going to be coming on. He's performing in the in his first headline show in Dublin next week that I'm going to go and see and I can't wait to have him on as well. And yeah, I've got a laundry list of people that are coming on and I really hope that you stay engaged with what I'm trying to do here, which is talk about the stuff that makes us feel better hopefully that you get something out of it and incorporate it into your life and break the stigma about feeling shit and talking about it because uh, if you do want to reach out just do and you will get a positive response from me cheers Rach thanks